Many innovations actually fail into cooperation, not because this was not responding to a customer problem, but because the company has not been able to bring it to market. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. That's Jean-Luc Meyer. At our workshop hosted by IBM in New York, Jean-Luc and our colleague Leonard discussed the primary challenges for making radical innovation a reality and the criteria Schneider uses to decide if it should scale up an internal or external startup. We hope you enjoy this episode. Jean-Luc, thank, yes. you. thank you very much for uh, joining me in my uh, little pop-up studio. Thank you for hosting me. And um, maybe we can start the interview by you just briefly uh, explaining who you are, uh, what company you work for, and uh, what role you have. Okay. So I'm Jean-Luc Meyer. I work for Schneider Electric. Uh, I'm seven years at Schneider Electric. Actually, my background is the IT industry. So we're here at IBM, but I worked for HP for many, many years. And right now, I'm part of the global strategy group, and I'm in charge of, we call that uh, business development. So I'm SVP, Senior VP for Business Development. Um, and my mission is actually to connect the outside world with the inside business unit and figure out how we can leverage the innovation that happens outside to our business inside. Maybe you can start with giving an overview more about kind of the innovation principles you have or innovation framework or process and how you yeah. manage that at Schneider. So um, we're looking at actually uh, innovation around uh, three times horizons, right? And I, I think it's probably a common model, but, but the, the horizons are based on technology on one side and business model on the other side. So on, on the technology and business model, you look at known technology or known business model or non-technology but that we may not be using or business model that exists we may not be using or on the extreme scale it's new business model new technology so we call that or you combine those two it's horizon one two and three especially when you look at uh, new technologies what kind of approach do you have in assessing whether that new technology is interesting and relevant uh, for schneider or how do you go about it? So a very good question. Uh, for us, it starts with strategy, right? You, could, you can spend your time looking at technology and if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know what's relevant or not. So what you have to do is you have to start with a strategy and then you have to say, okay, what are the technologies that can affect my strategy positively or negatively, right? But that's only one piece. The other piece is actually the business model, right? If you look at technology today, a lot of the business model change have been enabled by technology. So you actually need to look at you know, what business model can actually be put in place and whether this can disrupt what you do using technology or not. So it's not just about technology. You need to look at the business model as well. Let me ask you kind of where you are exposed with the new technologies in, and, and, and then you know, whether to, and how to navigate those new technologies as, as you learn what they are and, and how they're relevant. Um, so, obviously, you know, there is a lot of things about AI, right? How, you know, it was talked about this morning by Beth on how we can improve our business model and um, uh, change things in, in such a way that we're going to be more efficient and more effective. Uh, but, you know, I will not comment directly on our business, but they are actually core technologies. So we are in the field of energy automation. Mm -hmm. I mean, energy management and automation. 
uh, there are many, many things that are happening, right? We talk about software-defined everything, software-defined network, software-defined automation. Uh, they could be disruption today in the way uh, energy is being, um, uh, you know, uh, created and consumed. So there is a lot of fields where new technology could actually affect what we're doing. So it's hard to answer the question very precisely without disclosing, you know, business strategy. Um, but but I, I think that's what we're looking at. What can enhance? what we do and what can disrupt what we do today. Especially in the industry that you are in, you're, you're dealing kind of with a lot of also tangible infrastructure. It's not a pure service company with a, like insurance or banking or how do you, how do you, what are the challenges when kind of having that physical side of things and now the digital um, moving in? Yeah, so I think it goes back to enhancing the things, right? Um, where, uh, you know, there's a number of, of services we can actually develop in our space based on knowledge, right? So the, the thing which is very important to us is actually to collect all the data that we have. And, and you know, we have actually a, a strategy which is a, a three-level strategy. And, and the, 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 the ultimate step is to be able to provide services, right? To be able to do that, you can need to control the environment. We call that the edge layer. And at the bottom, you need to have our equipment that is connected. So we have a strategy which is around open system, connected system. And the whole idea is to collect information, right? And the single biggest challenge to collect quality information. Uh, the second one is actually a challenge for our teams is not to select ahead of time the data we collect, right? And let the AI figure out what could be the interaction between the data because our model, our engineers, our people may work from experience. But by the way, there may be things that would affect a process that we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So quality of the data being, being first, uh, quantity of the data, and, and be as broad as possible in terms of the data you collect will be the way to really exploit all of that and turn that into a business process improvement or new services. Now you were talking about um, disruption uh, or like disrupting, potentially disrupting uh, businesses, could be technologies or business model and that relation between, between those two in the beginning. What is very difficult of making kind of more radical or disruptive innovation happen in a, in a large uh, company? Well, the first one is, you know, all our companies are measured by our financial results on a quarterly basis, right? And, um, you know, based on the economic situation, based on the, the company, I would say, status, sometimes we open the gate to more innovation, sometimes we tighten up. But I would say a very large part of our organization is focusing on turning the crank and, and moving the business, right? So that's, that's one, right? So their, their ability or their appetite to do something new, right? Is, is actually somewhat limited. Uh, the other challenge you may have is you may take teams and, and ask them to work on something that disrupt the model and the antibodies would actually react, right? So that's, that's the, 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 the biggest challenge you have. So I think that the fine line that we have to find is how can we, and I was talking about the free horizon before, is how can we actually figure out a way to innovate by augmenting the business, right? And that's, that's the easiest way to bring new innovations that you do things that are better, faster, cheaper, but it's, an, it's not a big change. But I would say if you have to innovate on a business model, you better do it outside because otherwise it ain't going to happen. And, and, you know, quite often we focus on technology, but 
many innovations actually fail into corporation, not because this was not responding to a customer problem, but because the company has not been able to bring it to market. And that's also, that's why I'm talking, you know, about these two axes on technology on one side and business model on the other one. Super important that you look at the two. Now, when you look at a particular opportunity or project, what are some of your considerations when thinking about it? Is this something we should rather do separate, separated from, from the core business? Or is this some, something we would should rather do kind of inside? Yeah, very good question. So I go back to those horizons, right? If it is a known technology and a, and a known business model type of thing, and you can bring innovation that is an adjacency to that, I would say that's probably you want to use, you could do inside or you could use outside help and partnership to accelerate that. If you're looking at something which is disrupting the two dimensions, new technology, new business model, it's better to do it outside and keep an eye on that. Potentially invest in companies, let them do it. And once it's proven, right, remember the people that are in the business today, they're pragmatists, right? Mm -hmm. They want to adopt something that works, right? So it's better to do it outside and keep a close eye, collaboration, investment in those companies, and then figure out the time where it is ripe to connect the dots. Let me ask about those kind of outside partners, um, just a probing question. What are some of the, uh, the partners that you, that you work closely with? And, and who do you look for when, when thinking about doing uh, outside collaborations? Oh, well, they may be several type of partners, right? We, we work with university, we work with research centers, um, we work with other companies as well on, on some joint problems, right? Sometimes, you know, we may be not be competing, but, you know, we, we could be working on, on joint issues. And we work with startups, right? And the way we work with startups is um, that we have actually a fund, an investment fund, that helps us you know, uh, scout those businesses. And, and we'll look at them on two axes, right? An ROI, right? Can we make money investing in those startups? Because you know, there may not be any synergy with our business. And strategic alignment with our business. Uh, so what we look for is uh, usually the top right corner, right? Uh, which is when you, you have a good return on investment and you have a maximum synergy with, with the company. So we look at the entire ecosystem and, um, and that's the way we work. Let me ask about some of the teams that are that that you oversee. Where are they working, like f geographically or physically? Um, what is the location, also from an organizational perspective? So, so we have what we call innovation hubs worldwide. So we have one um, near China in Hong Kong, actually. We have one in France in Paris, and we have one in Boston, right? And when when we're in Boston, it's because there is an ecosystem. But but we have antennas. We have people in the Silicon Valley. Uh, when I talk about Hong Kong, we have people in Shenzhen, we have people in Beijing, uh, and when I talk about Paris, right, again, we're scouting across Europe. So that's, that's our innovation hubs. Uh, when we talk about the internal resources, um, we have dedicated teams to help facilitate the, 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 the bridge of the innovation that is outside with, with these inside. But I would say in each of the line of business, we have actually uh, innovation teams and strategy teams working together. Uh, there are our internal clients with whom we work to identify what strategy they're working on, where they need to go, where they want to go, and what their gaps are. And the central team that I'm part of is actually bridging the gap between the outside and the inside. One of the essential starting points is, is always finding out what the clear customer needs are in, in, in specific cases. 
what do you do to figure out what those, uh, how do you gather those insights about customer needs, especially also thinking about kind of that digital world that we're more, more So I, I think the process of the voice of the customer is, is a well-established process and it, has, it does not change. I think that what we can do with technology today, we can get data and information about customers or usage of products without asking questions, right? Gone are the days, not necessarily, but I would say gone are the days where you, you would take your briefcase, you would sit down face to face with customers, right? And you would do a imaginative understanding of unmet customer needs, right? I think that this is still very important to do, mm -hmm. but you can enhance and you can complement that, that with a lot of the data you can collect about how your products are being used, how your website is being used, you know, A-B testing. So what people talk about on blogs, what do they say about your brand, what do they say about your product? So I think we have a massive amount of information that is readily available out there that can help you collect uh, the voice of the customer in, in different ways, you know, and if you can parse and, and, and assemble all of that, you can get a lot of insight. But the voice of the customer challenge remains the same and the process remains the same. It's going to go back to a segmentation, it's going to go back to understanding very well their customer, understanding their pain points, and all the rest, uh, all of this information now available on the web and all AI that you can use to collect that is a way to enhance and accelerate your um, voice of the customer process. Let me drop another keyword into the discussion, which is about leadership. What is important in terms of leadership when you are dealing with innovation and innovation teams? Well, I mean, there are different organizations. So what I said is that we have the people that are in the line of business that are aspiring to continue to grow their business and innovate, right, with uh, um, limited risk-taking, I would say, uh, for most of them. And there are teams like the one I'm part of, right, who are... Uh, to be looking outside, right? So I would say, um, I don't know if I would qualify that as a leadership skills, but I would say the first one is to be curious, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and to be able to listen to people very carefully, whether inside the business on their needs and what they think they, they need and what, what their pain points, but also listen to the entrepreneurs outside and trying to understand what they are trying to do, right? And, and you need actually to have some visionary skills to be able to connect the dots, right? A lot of the things that we do is actually contextualizing the outside to the inside and the inside to the outside. So we can raise the level of conversation between the people that don't know Schneider and people that Schneider don't know the rest of the world. So that's, that's super important. And I would say that probably you need to have quite a bit of experience to be able to understand you know, enough outside and enough of the business inside. Um, I would say I view my sh myself as a Sherpa, right? You know, Sherpa has been <laughs> top of Everest multiple times. And if you want to help a business, sometimes you need to be their Sherpa. They need to be the guys that will be, uh, you know, at the top of Everest, will make the picture. And no one will know that maybe you carried them back on your back, you know, for the last, um, you know, uh, steps, Hillary steps. But in the end, you need to make the business guys feel super good and super important and winners. And you have to be the Sherpa to carry them to the top of Everest. That's, that's one, of the, one of the skills that I think you need to have. So you would say, well, being a Sherpa, is that being a leader? Well, I'll let you decide. Inter interesting analogy, uh, I would say. Um, last question is really about um, the, the larger development of innovation and, and product development. You know, you've been involved with that uh, for, for a couple of years, uh, to say the least, as well. 
How has innovation changed in the last uh, 10, 20, uh, 30 years? And what are the reasons for those changes? Well, well, I think that what has really changed is the speed, right? I mean, there used to be a time where you would file a patent and you would have, you know, 20 years of competitive advantage, right? I lived in the IT industry and look at the IT industry from the uh, 80s, I would say. Um, basically, the runway has been 10 years long, right? Uh, a company was coming from nowhere, m making it, and then dying, right? And, and you could have multiple lives. I mean, you can look at Apple, you can look at Dell, you can look at HP, you know, as companies that I've been dealing with, uh, or IBM, right? So you need to consistently uh, reinvent yourself, right? And I think that speed is probably the, the first thing. And within the, the, this 10-year period, you need to be able to adjust, right? So, so for me, the, 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 the big thing is being on your toes all the time, you can have a big idea, you can have something, but know that this runway is going to be, is going to be short, right? Now, you may be sitting on a pile of cash, um, like Google, like a number of people today, but, or, you know, look at the story of Intel, for example, you know, at some point in time, they missed a few waves, type of thing, and, and they had to retract and they have to rethink their stuff. Think of Microsoft, you know, that has been living on the operating system on Windows that was a cash cow, then they moved to the enterprise. Now they're reinventing themselves around Azure and AI and, and um, web services type of thing. So short time frame and con constant adjustment throughout this um, time frame. Well, Luke, thank you very much for that uh, interesting and pleasant conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to get the latest episodes. The video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with thousands of other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation, HR, and marketing practitioners in large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your 15-day free trial account.